Hey guys, I'm Jordan Fromer. I believe in hunting hard, hunting smart, and having a fun time while doing it. And shooting limits? Well, that's just the icing on the cake. I revel in the journey just as much as the successes it brings. From ducks to dogs to decoys and guns, we'll be talking tactics, strategies, and what it takes to get the job done. Load up and take aim. This is the Duck Gun Podcast. What's going on, folks? Thanks for joining me on another episode of the Duck Gun Podcast. I'm Jordan from Duck Gun Chronicles, and I got my co-host, per usual, Elliot from Freelance Duck Hunting, alongside me tonight. How you doing tonight, Elliot? Well, I'm a lot more rested now that I've had a weekend off of no waterfowl hunting, so it's kind of weird. It's always such a weird feeling when you go from that transition from waterfowl hunting into the off-season. I mean, I'm still probably going to go on a couple snow goose hunts, but... I mean, for the most part, everything's wrapped up and and done, and it's just kind of a weird mental transition. It definitely I is. Think. Yeah, yeah. You're not thinking about the next hunt. You're not thinking about um, scouting or whatever you got to do. It's just like it's almost like emptiness. That's <laughs> that's how I describe it. <laughs> yeah, but I have been starting to think about my simulated season, my simulated duck hunt. And I must, I did that one simulated duck hunt last year, and I'm my goal is to do three before the end of March or at nice. least before the end of April. So I have been starting to think about that and where I might go and how I might frame up the videos. I think on the videos this year, like, cause you know, we pretend to shoot the birds and, and I may dub in actual kill shots into the videos from other hunts as we do. <laughs> That's a good idea. I am, my wheels, wheels are turning for that kind of stuff. And, and my off season scouting, I just love those trips when I just I'll get in the marsh and I still want to see the super soakers. Stuff. Yeah, yeah. Well, <laughs> yeah. Think about that. I want to see a lot of heat uh, last time for harassment. Gee, I want to see you knock a green up. wing tail out of there with a super soaker. <laughs> just knock oh, it out just of flight. Think of all the, <laughs> just think of all the butt hurt individuals there'd be. Oh on man, that one. man. I mean, already it's like you're scaring ducks. You're I feel like them. I feel like Kansas <laughs> as a whole had a worse season because of you. It's not the out of state <laughs> hunters. It's the it's the the simulated hunt. Well, hey, my blue wing numbers this year were down, and it was blue wings that we were hunting during that simulated hunt. So, you know, those 50 that we scared on that day in April, I'm sure threw off their entire life. They weren't able to reproduce. They probably died shortly thereafter, and that's why my season was just not as good in the fall. Yep. Yeah, it's a little rough. That's how it goes. <laughs> I don't know. Awesome. Well, our I'm pod- looking forward to that. Big time. Our podcast today, guys, we're going to be actually talking about um, our season kind of season in review. I'm a, I'm jumping the gun just a little bit, but kind of convenient time. Cause I still got like four days left. So, you know, hopefully, hopefully I can get on some birds here, but, uh, you know, no promises. Um, uh, but yeah, it's going to be good going over just the whole season in review. So excited for that. You got any kind of other updates, Elliot, anything else going on? Uh, no, right, right now I took the weekend off and I'm gearing up for some snow goose hunting. So that's kind of on my mind, but everything's, I got a rat problem in my shed. I got to deal with that's a, that's a bunch of rats made nests in some of my goose decoy bags and stuff. Oh man. So that, but that's... I ordered three massive rat traps off Amazon today. They actually <laughs> have like, they're big ones. I'm a little worried because a cat gets into my garage. These things are big. They've got a picture of Bigfoot like on the trap. So I'm a little worried that I might catch a small so, cat in that thing. Are they actual rats or not like just mice? 
No, they're rats because I mean I've seen their the nests that they make and and um my son Elijah he just got his driver's license so his car had been sitting there for like a month and a half and we just didn't start it which we knew better and so we wouldn't start and we got up under the hood and there was this huge nest down in there and I could see the turds those are not mouse turds hmm. they're they're either they're some type of of yeah they've got to be rats they have to be rats it's just those turds are just too big. So we were pulling rat nests out of there. And then when I pulled my goose decoys out for these last few goose hunts, there was a big old nest. They had chewed through the bottom of one of my goose decoy bags, and there was a big nest in there. And it's definitely rats. Nothing, man. Nothing worse than rodents, that's for sure. Oh, I know. So I'm tomorrow I get my trap. So I'm going to be <laughs> on the rampage for those suckers. Oh, man. Take it. Nice. That's actually funny you say all that because I did have a rodent story of my own to tell you. <laughs> a new one? Uh, man, I, yeah, a new one. So last night, man, I'm I'm a little tired from this. I'll I'll be honest. I got some I got some young kids crying, kept me up for a while. Then finally got to bed, and it was like one in the morning, and Chief is just going ballistic outside, and. Finally, I just get out of bed. I'm 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 super ticked. I'm like, why is Chief just barking? Like the neighbors, like they have to be so annoyed because like if I can hear it, I know they can. He's outside in his kennel and he's just, I mean, just ferociously barking. So I go around the corner and he's standing there in the kennel and I, you know I put my finger towards him and like you know get real big. I'm like, no, Chief, no, like yeah. And uh, he kind of hunkers down a little. Oh crap. And then, like, right next to my feet, I hear, I hear like, scurrying around, and I look, and there's this just giant possum, which, flashback, you know I hate possums, back from the, the possum, yeah. possum into the dryer vent story, but. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. So, anyways, um, this sucker runs off, and I chase him off. I'm like, all right, hopefully that's enough. He's gone. And no sooner than I get in bed and fall asleep, and now it's, like, two. And Chief is just going ballistic again. And I go out there, and I have, like, uh, a sawhorse and some boards, like, leaned up against them. I set them there to, like, repair a blind, and then we never made it out to that spot. So they're still sitting there leaning against it. And that's, he's just, like, chilling under these boards. I'm like, what? What is this thing doing? So, again, I chase hey, him how's off. How's he getting in there? How's he getting in there? Oh, he's not in the kennel. He's outside of it. So he's, like, two feet away oh, from it. okay. He's, like, two feet away from the kennel, just chilling there. Like, Chief is barking. And he's kind of like just curled up under these boards. I think he's just like trying to, I don't know if he like, I don't know, do they hibernate or what? It was like, a, it's a little bit warmer. It's upper, upper thirties. Um, but he's just like chilling under these boards. So anyways, I run him off again and I'm like, okay, hopefully this, this isn't a thing. But sure enough, I get inside. It's now it's like three in the morning and I wake up again and chief is just going off. So I go out there. I'm like, my wife's like, what are you doing? And I'm like, I'm I'm going to kill this thing. <laughs> it's like, I'm just livid at this point. Throw off the covers, stomp out there. And uh, <laughs> actually, I, I do a little bit of preparation. I grab my headlamp. So I go out there. In my, I'm like, in, to give you like a, a visual picture, I'm like in my boxers and muck boots with my headlamp on. And I go and grab like a BB gun. I'm like, because I can't shoot it with a shotgun. Uh, There's neighbors no around. No shirt? No shirt. <laughs> but let me tell you i was freezing by the end of it. i overestimated like but um go out there with the bb gun and 
because again, I can't shoot it with a shotgun. That's what I wish I could have done. Um, I and so the BB gun. You're right, but I thought maybe it would like hit it and it would scare him and he run away. But anyways, I shoot him like right in the face, like at five five <laughs> yards, and he just like kind of like curls up in a ball, like. <laughs> and, and so I do it again. Nothing. He doesn't even move. I'm like, you gotta be kidding me. And then I like crank it again, and I, I don't know if I'm like angry or what, but I break the BB gun cranking it and so <laughs> i'm like what am, what am i gonna do so i go i got a four foot crowbar and i grabbed it oh no this is pretty bad <laughs> and i tried to smack him out from under the bar the boards and i did and he like comes spinning out of there and he like starts baring his teeth looking at me and so i just take it like i'm splitting wood like just take the thing straight <laughs> over my head as hard oh, as i can no. come down on him and uh Last time I tried to kill uh, a, uh, why can't I think of what they're called now? Possum. A possum. He played possum. And then I came back later and he was walking around. So I have like a recurring thing with possums. And this one ate a hole into the dog food container. I had a dog food container. He ate a hole mm-hmm. through the bottom of it and was chowing on Chief's dog food. I couldn't figure out like for weeks why I kept coming back. So anyways, I hate possums. I killed him, and then I took him just in case he was playing possum and threw him in the creek. So, oh, right, well, so you 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 fast forwarded a little, you you jumped ahead about uh, ten minutes. So you stopped <laughs> the story when the crowbar directly over your head. Uh, yeah, and I just dropped the hammer, and then I <laughs> repeatedly just one just one shot killed him, or how many times did you? Uh, he, I don't know if he was dead after the first one, but I let's just say I made sure. So. Was it uh, was it a vicious? Did you feel any kind of remorse or like, oh man? No, all? I was I was still livid. Like when I went, like I <laughs> I took him, threw him in the creek. Like it's, this is like three hours of doing this, you know, waking up, running out there, wake, like this stupid possum. And I just take him, throw him in the creek. Then like uh, I walk back up to my house and like just toss toss the crowbar onto the ground and walk inside. <laughs> Did the crowbar have mud my, all over it? Uh, there was. I mean, you're asking a lot of details. I'm trying. There was a lot of blood, but uh, <laughs> my my I hands want, want the full my hands hurt from smashing them, right from holding on to the other end of the crowbar. <laughs> Righteous vengeance. Yeah. Oh, what man. was Chief doing that whole time? Was he just barking and going? I was nuts like he was playing. No, he he was just he was. You ever like uh. You, you had siblings growing up. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. You had siblings. You ever see like when one of your siblings get in trouble, trouble. Yeah. Uh, that's kind of how I imagine chief. He's like, Oh crap. This, <laughs> this possum's getting it. Like <laughs> just staying quiet. <laughs> I remember it was probably chief's friend and chief was mad at him getting the dog food. That's why I was hanging out, but chief was kind of mad at it. And so chief's like, yeah, yeah, let him have it. Let it have it. And then when that hammer came down, chief is like, damn, I didn't know you're going to do that. Uh, hey, just so you're going to shoot him away from my dog food for all the animal lovers out there. I did give it fair warning. I ran it off multiple times. I don't know what else to do besides ending a possum. I don't know. Yeah. yeah. Okay. I don't think I don't think the redneck crew that we have is gonna gonna care too much, but No. No. There's times where you have to take care of some business with the pests. Yeah. I mean and you know, possums are pretty disgusting in general. Mm. Yeah. I had uh um a friend and his wife is like this feminine pretty thing and um 
they had some chickens, like suburban chickens, you know. And she has a pitchfork story about a possum. (laughs) She dealt with it nice. She's like this fairly petite little thing. And she tells a story about her and this possum and this pitchfork. And it was a little more gruesome than your story even. But (laughs) well done. Well played. (laughs) I I tried to keep it PG. I don't know if I succeeded or not. But What did you say to your wife? Was she sleeping? Or did you like, oh, man, I just beat the (laughs) Rolling on that. No, I was actually whining about how bad my hands hurt <laughs> when I came inside. Well, I'm like, I come back inside. I just like standing over the bed, over the bed, and I'm like, uh, you know, like out of breath and like I'm freezing because I went out there in like no clothes, you know. And it's thirty. It's it's like in the thirties, upper thirties, and that's cold still, you know, if you're not dressed properly. And I just, you know, I I just. I would have loved to be a fly on the wall if like one of my neighbors woke up because like it made quite the racket. Like I hit, I hit my boat with the uh, the crowbar at one point. I'm like flipping boards over. One of your swings. Yeah, <laughs> and I'm standing out there just with like a headlamp on and, and boxers and muck boots, just oh, beating the crap out of a. <laughs> you need blossom. to start sleeping with your uh, head mount GoPro beside the bed. That would have been prime Patreon material. <laughs> oh man, that I probably got my uh, my YouTube channel canceled. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> Good story. That's great. I'm gonna have to really step it up with these rats to uh, <laughs> set my game up on that. You're gonna use. I like did that. think about like video. I thought about like somehow videoing the whole, but that was before I just went to the rat trap because I was thinking, <laughs> how am I gonna kill these You're- things? Maybe I can like you know shoot them or I don't know like stake them out and pick them off. You remember when I did the my like garage cleanup video a couple years back and I had the mouse problem? Mm-hmm. Yeah, the huge Mongo mouse. Yeah, yeah. Well, anyways, I built like uh, one of those bucket traps with the uh, the pop can and the peanut butter and the water oh, yeah, so they fall worked. in. Um, yeah. <laughs> it did. Yeah, it did work. Um, but anyways, I, you're saying like trying to film it. I put a GoPro. And uh, <laughs> had a GoPro running like all night the first night and didn't catch a single one. So, yeah. Yep. Ah, how many did you end up catching? Was it like those videos, like 65 in there? Mm-mm. No, it wasn't. So like one at a time or what? Yeah, it was like one at a time. So I think well, most, of them, uh, most of them, most of them didn't come back to the winter. That winter I had like, oh man, I had to be like this year to put it in perspective. I think I've caught like three. The year after that, man, I caught like twenty mice in my house. Oh man, my wife was. Oh, we don't have. We don't have she was not mice. happy. We've caught a few. I don't think we have. I, I'm guessing. I was thinking about it on the way home. I'm thinking we've got twenty to thirty rats out there because we have this old barn, and really old barn. In fact, it fell down a few months ago, and but we were taking some side paneling off it just to use for this project, and I could just see all the rat nest and that were behind those things, and so. And now that it's all collapsed, I mean, I'm sure it's just full of rats. I, I bet you we've got so many of them. Yeah. That's no good, man. Well, it's on. The war <laughs> has begun. Awesome. All righty. Well, let's get a quick word from our partners, and then we'll jump on into today's podcast. So first off, I'd like to give a big thanks to Onyx. Guys, Onyx, hands down, has given me uh, more spots this year than than anything else, which, uh, you know, in turn gives you more ducks and geese, goose opportunities, excuse me. Um, but, yeah, guys, it is the uh, one-stop shop 
on the phone for mobile or the website. You can click on there and see um, the landowner's contact information. Well, rather, their tax information. Go to their house, knock on their door, and get that permission. Elliot, did I tell you I picked up two more goose fields? No, no, you didn't. You picked up a ton. I need you to get out here and pick up. <laughs> I'm telling you, me. man. I think I've more than doubled my. Uh, I don't know what it is. I, I really don't know what it is this year. I don't know uh, because I've. Not, I, it used to be like a one out of a hundred thing. I have to throw that number out of the window this year because it's been. I've had like fifty percent success rate, which is unheard of. I know. So, but yeah, largely cool. thanks to having on X, I can just do it so much quicker. And it still is a numbers game. I know that my average is going to go back down. Um, and it's just all about kind of the repetition, finding the spots, going to the landowner and asking for permission. Not only that, but public land, you can uh, see the boundaries and know where you stand and be legal and sure of it on all your hunts. So check them out, guys, Onyx for mobile or the web. It has officially started for me today. I got home from work and I jumped on bandit.com, jumped over from there to uh, GHG and I was looking at decoys. I'm I'm in the market for. I would like to go to a late season heavy um, goose floater spread. So I was just kind of looking at the different decoys and and so my off season buy list has begun. In fact, I thought about starting up the old spreadsheet and putting in here's what I kind of want. Here's what the price might be. Guys, all of your off season needs. You got Bandit, Avery, GHG, and I was also looking into Avery Sporting Dog. Because Georgie's training season is about to begin with the we're gonna be going to two or three hunt tests. So head on over there, banner.com, or if you're just out and about in those stores, you know, Rogers and all of those outlets typically carry those those uh vendors. So make sure that you check them out. They've got wonderful equipment. Awesome. I will add to that, Elliot, that uh I did do the same thing, but turkey. I know you don't get out for a lot for turkey, and I don't do a ton either, but I do like to get my turkey every year. And I always have aspirations of maybe doing like an out of state trip. Um, but you know, those rarely happen. But anyways, I jumped over there and, and, uh, stocked up on my turkey hunting apparel so I can, uh, you know, uh, have, have something different than just using my waterfowl gear. So, you know, maybe not a necessity purchases. Oh yeah. Like some shirts. Yep. Yep. Some, uh, shirts and pants and vest and a decoy. So (laughs) nice. I'm ready. I'm ready for them. I'm also like to give a big thanks to Tetra guys. Tetra, their mission is to help out waterfowl hunters with hearing protection. Only one out of nine waterfowl hunters choose to use hearing protection. And that is because most of the alternatives just kind of suck. Whether you're using the earplugs or the big bulky earmuffs, neither one of those is fun to use, but it is essential to, save your hearing. Uh, one of the big problems with hearing loss as well, you're not going to be able to hear people talk and that can get annoying. I know it's annoying on both ends of that. Having been on, on uh, conversations with people who have hearing loss, I don't want to be that person, but not only that, there is the factor of early onset dementia, um, which cannot be fun either. So check them out, guys. Uh, their big thing with that is the technology they use. You put them in your ear. You can still hear your buddies talking. You can hear the the birds and the bees and the uh, all the wa- – I guess you can't hear bees, but <laughs> not in hunting season usually. But 
You can hear all the wildlife, the mallards whizzing by. You can hear all that stuff, and then, bam, when you shoot your gun, it cancels that sound. So um, that's great, hearing protection, but you don't lose the element of hunting. So um, check them out, guys, over there at Tetra. And don't forget, guys, Motion Ducks Decoy Spreader System. It is the best motion system on the market. You can get four ducks or seven ducks spreader system. You can actually keep buying them and add them and add them and add them and just have like a huge flock out there that you're pulling around. Life like motion sets up in seconds, way more mobile than your traditional jerk rig. Uh, the product code is all caps duck gun 2020 for 10% off. If you have not gotten one or if you just want to add to what you got, Go and take care of that motion ducks decoy spreader system. Awesome. You guys, we're going to talk about this a lot in tonight's episode as well, but uh, make sure to check out the freelance hunt stats and the Patreon that we run kind of in tan- tandem um, over there. Uh, guys, the hunt stats is perfect way to track your stack, track, Track your stats, track your waterfowl hunts for the year. Elliot and I have both done it through the whole year. We can look back. I mean, you wouldn't know. There's so many people I talk to, and we're talking about the season. They have no idea um, what they've done and what they've done in previous seasons. It's super cool to be able to see it, to compare to yourself for one thing. Um, so I can see kind of my individual numbers from season to season to season. And you can't be like, ah, this this season might feel a certain way, but if you go by the numbers – a totally different, you know, totally different story. So it's super cool to be able to do that all over there on Freelance Hunt Stats, FreelanceHuntStats.com. Sorry, Elliot. I don't know why I struggle to say that, but. Yeah. And if you want the app, you just search for Hunt Stats on iOS or Android. And actually, I've moved up pretty much over to using the app myself on my phone. Um, but both of them are compatible. If you log mm-hmm. it on the computer, it shows up on the app and vice versa. So it's FreelanceHuntStats.com or on your phone, just look under Hunt Stats. Awesome. All righty, man. Let's go ahead and jump on into it. So. As we as we talked or as, as we said earlier, guys, we're going to be talking about our year end review, kind of doing a little bit of a a rewind on the whole season. So um, honestly, before we sat down, Lily, I haven't thought about it a, a lot. Just I've been just churning away, grinding away, um, trying to do my best to put out as much content, do my best to be successful on hunts, and and uh, here we are. I, you're done with your regular waterfowl season. Do you still have late goose or? Yeah, um, we still have goose for I think two more weekends, and then we've got we've got snow goose season. So, but I don't know if I'm going to dark goose hunt. If something falls in my lap, um, I will. But I'm not just like really trying to get on it. But I'm definitely going to go on at least one or two snow goose hunts. Nice. Yep, and I'm here with uh, just the last I think. What is it? Wednesday. So I got there's yeah four more days, four more days of opportunity to get out on some geese. I'll go anywhere from zero to four times. <laughs> we'll see. We'll see what happens. Um, but besides that, man, we are we are wrapping up another year. I can't believe it. Yeah, it's it goes by fast, doesn't it? I mean, man, it's just, it feels like to me the older I get, the faster the years go. It's just like whizzing out of control man it goes fast yeah i feel like man i've said that about other seasons but i don't i feel like this season didn't seem like it went as fast as some of the other ones i don't know exactly why it just seems like i'm trying to remember i mean it did and it didn't but like man it it seems like another lifetime (laughs) 
from the beginning of season. <laughs> so crazy. I, I yeah, and the, you know the thing I love about the Midwest and waterfowl season more than anything. I would I would never want to move to a place where it's just specifically only mallards or only wood ducks because we get to experience the entire migration. So I just think I start thinking back and we started in Nebraska and it's all blue wing teal. And then here come the green wing teal. And now you've got some gadwalls mixed in and some widgeon. Now the mallards start showing up. Then it becomes almost all mallards. And then um, late season, you start getting a more of a filter of some pintails back in there and the geese show up. I mean, the whole thing is just, it changes so gradually throughout the whole season. I, I just love that about where I waterfowl hunt and, and just seeing that whole transition. It's just to, to sit back and just think of a broad umbrella picture of the whole season is just really rewarding. All the experiences and the time with your friends and the dog work and, and the failures and the successes. And, and it's just really gratifying, I think, to sit back and look at what was accomplished. And, and, and with us too, it's like the videos and the podcast and, it's just really cool to look back at everything for the whole year and just sit and just be like, that was just, that was just wonderful. It was just wonder. It was wonderful. It always is. Yeah, definitely agree with you on that. I was thinking the same thing um, about my area. We get, we get such variety um, from beginning to end from the types of hunting we do. And not only that, but I mean, I, I do travel to get some of that um, variety, you know, but I don't have to travel like super far. Like I can travel, within like four hours and it just hit up, like you said, a lot of different things. You know, the only thing I, I would say that we don't have um, in groves like you have is a blue wing teal. And obviously we're in the Mississippi mm-hmm. flyway. So it's just not, it's not the same numbers, but we do get, man, we get such a good variety of just everything um, from our early goose hunts. You know, there's the uniqueness of that doing that in September, um, even dove season, man. I, I've, I love dove season. I love getting out there and, um, and banging on on some doves, not rats with wings, but uh, <laughs> I love I love getting after that. And then not only that, but it's like early season, man. It's like the first, like early actual duck season, not like early teal or early goose, but early actual yeah. duck season, man. We get to uh, chase wood ducks, and I love going to my wood duck holes um, for like the first two or three weeks, and then they're gone. It's just like a different game, you know. It's it it does keep it kind of new and interesting through the whole season, and then um, kind of getting in closer to November. You know, maybe maybe first couple weeks or first couple hunts, we can hunt some local mallards, and then they move out. But you know, the migration really doesn't kick in till you know middle of November or something like that, and then bam, we're on all these mallard hunts, and we get some mix hunts here and there. But for the most part, it's just mallards, um, and then all the way through our late split and then it's late season goose. And that's what we're in now. And it's like, it's just, uh, you know, waterfowl season is not just one thing. You know, if you're, you know, I'm not, not saying this in a, in a disparaging way at all, but, and maybe, maybe it's just going to show my ignorance cause I'm not a deer hunter, but it feels like with deer hunting, using that as an example, you're just always deer hunting. You know, you're, there's different seasons, bow, muzzleloader, rifle, whatever, but you're usually going after like a buck, but it's like with duck season, it's like teal, early goose, wood ducks, mallards, late goose, and they all have different tactics and different different ways of doing it. And, man, I probably just made all the deer hunters mad. But <laughs> but I don't know. I'm right, right there with you, Elliot. So you were talking about wood ducks, and I was looking at your stats, and you shot 14 
Wood Duck Drake. So on Field Sunsets, you can actually crew up with people. So all of us at the flyways and Jordan and I, we can look at each other's numbers, not our hunt locations, but our numbers and everything. And you had shot 14 Wood Duck Drakes this year. So I was looking at my numbers and my first uh, year that I was reporting on the system was 2008. How many Wood Duck Drakes do you think I've shot since 2008? Um, five. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, because you're looking at it probably, right? I'm not, actually. I just <laughs> That's guessed. right. Yeah, that's right. Five. Nice. I've shot five Wood Duck Drakes since 2000. How many hens? And you, uh, two. Two hens. Two hens. Okay. Yeah. It just shows you the difference in, in flyways. Um, I don't know what your lifetime numbers are. I think you've been, this is your second or third year reporting, but. It just goes to show you the the variety of of the different flyways and and the uniqueness of each place because you know I kind of look down on wood ducks and it's just because of my lack of experience with it right I mean I, I watch your videos and I see and Thomas's too and I can see how wood ducks and timber would be really really fun you know and compared to when when i see them it's like oh there goes that flock they're not looking at me they're not decoying they're just flying they're you know they're just making me annoyed it's just in in the united states you have such a a variable of places to hunt and just the way it is in in different places i just thought it's like a huge part of what you do and it's like no part of what of what i do and it's just cool you're missing out man you need to, you need to, uh, I'm sure would like those. Would like every year you need to like find like a wood duck hole and just go to it for like one or two hunts. And it's definitely different from like mallard hunting and all that. But, uh, I mean, I enjoy it, man. Um, you know, I think for a lot of hunters, the difference is like, it's, it's not as call heavy as like mallard or goose hunting. And there's definitely some argument from between people, uh, you know, predominantly in the South that would say like you can call a wood duck to people who generally don't hunt wood ducks that say you can't. Now I've seen them turn. I just don't think they do it as often as like, or as readily as a mallard. So, but it's, it's still, you yeah. just get in the right place on a, a wood duck hole that has a lot of wood ducks and they decoy mm-hmm. great. And I imagine all the vocalizations ringing through the, the little timber holes is probably oh, a big yeah. part of it as well. And and our, my thing with wood ducks around here is like during teal season, I had a great wood duck hole. I kept flushing out. In fact, I, I hunted that hole quite a bit this year. But by the time our duck season, big duck season starts around, they're pretty much gone. So, but yeah, I, I can see how it would definitely be fun. Yeah. No, they're definitely early leavers. They, you know, they... Like I said, we get two to three weeks, and on a year, if you get a really cold push before season, man. I mean, last year, uh, my wood my wood duck spots just never really produced at all, and I think it's because we got so cold before season even started. So, yeah, but well, I have a real thing about wanting birds to decoy and be responsive to the call, and I used to feel this way a little bit about blue wing teal. Um, before you had teal decoys, teal calls, and spinners make a big difference as well in this. You know, blue wing teals just kind of felt like wood ducks. They just would not really decoy. It was mostly pass shooting. And I liked it, but I viewed green wing teal in a totally different category because, you know, everyone's hit that call, that mallard call when a green wing comes through and watch it break its back to turn around and come into the decoys or an entire flock doing that. And so once we made that transition, to the spinners and the teal call 
And and people say it's all the spinners on this, and absolutely not true. Absolutely not. Teal calls make a big difference because um, you can hit that teal call now, and blueing teal season has become a decoying duck season where it wasn't before. And so I view blue wings way different now than I did 20 years ago, although I liked them. And I think with me, with me, wood ducks is kind of in that category in my in my thought process, it's just whenever I see them, they won't respond to anything. Now, I don't have wood duck decoys out. It's because you're in the wrong spot. We'll, we'll just be honest. Yeah. If you're hunting yeah, a if sure. you're hunting a mallard hole, it's not the it's not a wood duck hole. Yeah, yeah. That's you. the hard thing. You can't. It's almost you have to be really lucky to find a spot where they both really want to be at that spot. Mm-hmm. If you're at the right spot, it's a little different. So I, they still don't. They don't work in as well the call as mallard i From wish we would combo up teal season with wood ducks here because there has been especially my side of the state where we've got quite a bit more timber we would shoot a decent number of wood ducks during teal season i've had some really bad teal hunting days on my side of the state where i could have shot my wood duck limit so i you know really wish that they would combo those up there's three states that do it yeah yours is one isn't it oh no i wish no, it's it's oh. it's Tennessee, Kentucky, and Florida, and they got some okay. different regulations on exactly how it works. But um, yeah, it would be nice. I, I would love would. that. It would be great. I would too. I would too. You know, uh, while we're talking about till, this is uh, the first the first season I ever hunted. I didn't shoot a till um, because I didn't. Uh, no, I did. I did shoot a till. Now that I think about it. This is the first season I've gone through all the way. And I didn't shoot a single teal. Yeah, I saw that on your stats. What what, what do you think contributed to that? Did it wasn't it wasn't on purpose. Hunting? I mean, early season, um, early season, I um, just didn't go on the till hunts. I opted out and went on a lot of early season uh, goose hunts with the chance of teal. We did go. We went on one specific teal hunt, and we probably had about. We had about 50 in the decoys before shooting light and Indiana and a lot of the other Mississippi. Actually, I think all the Mississippi flyway states don't allow you to shoot till sunrise, not 30 minutes before for till. So that kind of ruins it, to be honest. Why do you think that is? I don't know why they, because Missouri is the same way. And is I Miss- don't know why they have that law where you can't shoot teal before you can shoot regular ducks 30 minutes before shoot sunrise, but not teal. I wonder what they're thinking is. It's probably that. the abundance of wood ducks in the areas. Oh yeah. There's yeah, more wood sense. ducks. So people are more likely to shoot a wood duck in low light. Um, so yeah, I can't, I, I don't want to say a it's lot. Just about frustrating. That. It's, it's like guys like us who are like, I'm not going to pull the trigger um, I haven't killed a wood duck or illegal to wood duck during teal season, even given opportunities forever. Cause we're really careful about ID and everything. So it's kind of one of those things where it's like the people who are willing to be careful to get penalized because it's just, and a lot of it's age too. I remember our, <clears throat> when we first started out hunting, we certainly had some of those mistakes where we were shooting some, some wrong birds, but I would be really pissed if Kansas took that. We have a lot of our teal hunts are done before sunrise. Yeah. And a lot of times exactly. teal hunting, it's, it shuts down. You had a hunt like that, didn't you? Where, yep. um, 
it just shut down right at shooting time, right at sunrise. Yeah, we would have shot our limit. The one till I hunt I went on, we we saw all these till landing on a goose hunt the day before. We shot our geese, and then we're like, mm-hmm. well, let's go set up there for, for till the next day. And it was just a bright bluebird day, and they flew like crazy. I mean, big flocks, decoyed, landed. I mean, just sitting there swimming around 10 yards in front of us. Um, like, I could have yeah. almost water swatted my whole limit. <laughs> and uh, Frustrating. And then with it, like a minute before shooting light, they they hopped out of there, you know, and and that was that. Yeah, we sat there for another three four hours and never saw another teal. That's the frustrating thing about teal hunting is that man, it can be over so fast. I mean, the teal it can be teal everywhere, and then boom, once it shuts down, it can just shut down and be completely done. So it's always. Depending on where, and I've gotten a little better feel for this older I've gotten of whether it's going to be one of those days or not. But I mean, you can have where you better get your birds fast because it's going to be over in about 20 minutes and you may not see another teal. Yeah. Where I really love those late season days where you just know, I don't care if I'm out at nine, one, three, you have a good feeling that the ducks are just working all day long. It's cold out. There's constant mallards working or you at least feel like they could work. I love that feeling. Yeah. You always want to feel like you have a chance. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, for sure. Awesome. Well, yeah, let's just keep moving down the, the trail there. So early season, you know, um, like I said, we, I, I probably sat more early geese. I definitely have not probably, I had more early season um, goose success than I've had in all my other years. So definitely a strong start for me. On that, you know, what what about you? Kind of, you want to put a cap on your uh, on your early season? Yeah, let me let me t- um, let me sort in the numbers real quick. I didn't have as good of a teal season as normal. I think for the entire year, I shot seventeen blue wings, and last year I was at twenty eight. So teal season wasn't quite as good as it as it has been, um, but it was still. It was still pretty good. I sorted by the wrong numbers, but um, you know, we started up in Nebraska and we'd had a really good opening weekend and then it was just kind of mediocre from then on out. But I mean, we, we did okay. We shot um, mainly blue wings during that time. And I hunted a little more, a little closer to home during that time. I did get my wife and my daughter out for the first time ever, which that was one of my favorite hunts of the year. I shot two blue wings and loved the video that I made with them. So September and October, I was 10 hunts, 31 birds, um, 17 blue wing, 11 green wing. So it was, I mean, I, you know, 3.1 birds per hunt shot 50%. So I, I, it was a good, it was, it was not as good as normal. There's been a lot of times where I come out of that teal phase and for us, October is still, still teal phase, September, October. Um, we're all come out of there averaging, you know, four and a half, five birds a hunt. And, you know, just be smoking them. So it was not near as good as normal, but you know, lack of water was the big reason. We just, you know, part of, part of the state was just in drought. And I think a lot of the birds just kind of either short stopped us or went over us because we just didn't have the numbers. But I mean, 31 birds in those two months, I, we had a really good hunts, really good days. It was, it was, it was good time for sure. Oh yeah. Definitely can't complain, complain about those. Those numbers for some people, you know, that's uh, thirty-one birds yeah. is more than they get in a season. So that's definitely a solid, yeah. 
solid start, but you know, I yeah, get what and you're I, saying, I really, I really do view, I really do view teal season like September and October as an entire different animal. It's like teal season, mixed duck season, mallard season, and then mallard with geese right, right at the end. So I, it, it is kind of a, uh, an animal all, all to its own, you know, lots of, we do lots of traveling, lots of hot temperatures, lots of camping. And, and, um, I, I love it. I absolutely love the teal season. Oh yeah, definitely. So now jump into, uh, you know, I would say the, the regular duck season, big duck season, as a lot of people like to call it, but, you know, kind of starting out for me, man, we got up on the first leg of the Chasing the Opener series, and we had a lot of fun. I will say we probably struggled a little bit, but I really enjoyed the content I was able to make from that. Um, I held one one video back, actually, so that will be released in August. Um, but from there, you know, I was down for the count, had my surgery, and I didn't get back for like a month. So that was a big, a big... Uh, Big bummer, to be honest. I don't know how else to say it. <laughs> Big kick in the teeth. Yeah, for sure. So, how many weeks are you out there? Like three, three, four weeks? Um, yeah, yep. I think it was just a few days short of. It must have been four weeks. Yeah, just a few days short of a month. So, not a you know, definitely nothing you can do to plan for that. But, um, just keep on going. But man, after that, we just. Kept on grinding. We had a great opener. Um, like I said, we just we just went after the wood ducks. Um, we had some fun hunts in the snake swamp. Um, got on a lot of wood ducks shoots at some of the other places I've been been hunting, and then kind of just waiting for November to roll around and 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 just get on the mallards from that. So honestly, I had a ton of fun. Kind of kind of talking about the the total harvest of my season. Um, I'd say this, this is the first year where I got over the hundred mark, which is kind of like my goal. I think that's uh, Mm -hmm. your similar goal, right? So, um, but that's the first year I got over the hundred mark without going, I say out of state because I'm like, uh, I don't really count Michigan as out of state because I hunt like 50, 50 Michigan and Indiana. So, um, just between those two States, I actually got over the hump for the hundred mark. Um, whereas, you know, I'd done it previous, but, uh, <laughs> you know, I, I think what was, it wasn't last year, last year was a struggle, but the year before that, um, but I also went to Kansas three times. So I, I got to 129, mm-hmm. not going to get to that mark. That's my high, my high water mark, 129. Um, let's see, even if I shot limits the next three days, I would, uh, fall or the next four days I would fall, uh, I would fall four short. So. I can't do it no matter what <laughs> at this point. Um, but yeah, you know, like I said, I had three Kansas trips. We had the collab that year where we had some successful hunts and, and all that um, early till season out with you and then late season too. So um, yeah, without that man, just hunting in Indiana, Michigan, you know, this has been my best season. Yes. You had 105 total harvested. Yeah. Like yeah. Yeah. And your high mark is one twenty something. You said one twenty nine. Yeah, yeah. Um, and man, the the big the number that sticks out at me for you is that forty eight geese. That is a lot of geese. <laughs> yeah, 
the the meat wow. grinder has uh has come into handy that i think i've ate goose like yeah. five or six times this week so yeah that's where you got me on the leaderboard so at hunt sets we've got leaderboards where it's just like a little fun competition and each bird has a different point value for it and and jordan kept telling me he wasn't going to beat me this year and i kept saying i don't know i don't know i don't know i'm not feeling it and yeah those 48 geese is what did it because i i instead of those geese mine were a lot teal which are like three point birds so yeah well i had a a lot of geese i had 20 i think i had 28 or 29 coming out of early season so um (laughs) crazy yeah it's a good way to start yeah it is I look at my midseason. I'm kind of counting it from November one to mid December, like December fifteenth range. And this was by far my the best stretch I had of the whole season. So I went on fifteen hunts, harvested fifty two birds, twenty four of which were mallard drakes. And during this section, I hunted um, what I'm calling the slough. And I had done a lot of off season scouting. I had found this place and. And I was just really, really excited about it and hoping that we got the right conditions, that this place would be good. We got the perfect frame at the perfect time. And and I had two hunts this year that really, really stood out. And one of them was the um, Patreon hunt giveaway hunt. And But I'd say my favorite hunt was this one in the slough with Aiden and his dad, where it's just like this little timber slough that's like knee deep and timber on both sides and and, oh my gosh, these birds, I don't know how many limits you could have shot out of, out of this little slew that day. Cause I mean, we took our time and we were really, really picky and finished in just over an hour. And these were just mallards falling down in and man, it was just so much fun. So that November one to December, mid December was by far my best stretch where I was really hot, really shooting a lot of mallards and, and had those two just key moments of the entire season i you know i i kind of i call them top five hunts where i don't know if those two if i put them all in order would make top five but that's why i call those just those really special hunts to me or top top five of your lifetime hunts and i had two of those this year so and sometimes you go a year and you don't have one i mean you you can shoot the limit and and it not be a top five hunt. So for me, a top five hunt is like the birds are doing it right. Not only did you shoot your limit, but you're shooting them feet down. You maybe you're pulling a little bigger groups. There's just things that are taking place that you're going to look, you know, 10, 15 years or down the road. And you're going to tell you, but Hey, you remember that hunt? You know, it's, it's one of those. We had two of those this year and both of them were during that time period. Um, of November to December. So that was a really, really special time of the year for me. Awesome. Yeah, that's that's definitely super cool to get get on those hunts and ha- like you said, you'll remember those for 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 years to come and and all that, but um kind of man, you kind of made me think about my season and if I had any of those. <laughs> we didn't, I mean, early season we had some crazy goose hunts like that, but man, for like my duck season, it was like um I'm I'm kind of thinking I'm like man I don't know if I really saw like big numbers like that we had some hunts where they just did it right and we shot limits uh, we had some other hunts like that private uh, hunt where we had it in a cow pasture and I mean the birds did it great we didn't shoot limits though we did shoot a lot of birds um, we shot you know almost our duck limit almost our goose limit you know which makes it a really awesome hunt but man I'm trying to think and. I, 
over the whole season. I can't think of, uh, as far as the ducks go, really having any of those crazy kind of like big number of ducks days. It was just a lot of, uh, you know, a lot of scouting and being in the right place and, and being efficient and uh, getting, you know, getting decent numbers, but not a lot of limits. So, um, yeah, it's just, you know, it's just crazy to think that I had one of my best seasons <laughs> without having like crazy, crazy numbers of birds. So, well, that was kind of like me for me last year <clears throat> where I shot more ducks last year than I've ever shot. And the thing that made it such a good year is that I was always coming out of there with, you know, if three or four ducks myself, you know, we'd go out with three guys and we'd shoot seven or eight, even through in those lull periods. And we did an episode, you know, how to get through those lulls. And yeah. one way to, that, to make a season really successful is when it's not good, you're still scratching out birds, you know, and it seemed like you did a lot of that this year where it wasn't great, but you're coming home, you're going out by yourself. You're coming home with three, you know, you're coming home with two or three, four. And you did a lot of that where you were just didn't have horrible hunts, didn't have fantastic hunts, but you were just, you know, stacking them up over time. Oh yeah. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. That's definitely a, probably a good way to, to put the season for sure, which, uh, you know, I'm not disappointed about it cause I had a, a lot of fun. Um, one thing that really just stands out to me, man, it's like, it's like we're talking about in the, the beginning of the podcast, man, I picked up so many spots. Like, um, there's just something to be said about doing it yourself. You know what I mean? Um, mm-hmm. you know, and there's nothing wrong with getting invites and going with buddies. And I do that a lot too. And it's really good to have a network of, of people who will trade hunts back and forth. But it's like, you know, um, from the beginning of my hunts, and this is my, man, it's just all blended together. This is my sixth season of hunting. And, you know, this hunt, hunt, hunting season far and away, um, has been more of like, I just keep pushing out f- further and further to like my own spots, you know, uh, where it's like, mm-hmm. you know, uh, you know, I, I still, I still have buddies that take me on hunts. Don't get me wrong. But, um, I was just able to contribute on like a higher level to the whole hunting groups and all that, just with the number of spots I picked up and the number of times I go scouting and all that. So it, it was a really fulfilling season to be able to do that and just feel like, uh, you just feel like you're earning it is the best way to put it. Opposed to like someone calls you and you drive your truck to the side of a field and walk out there and they tell you which spot to sit yeah. at. And you know, that yeah. which you know, there's nothing wrong with that. There is absolutely nothing wrong with that. Uh, more power to the guys that get out on the hunts they can, where they can and get invites. And um, I'm not trying to talk disparagingly about that, but um, just for myself, myself as a hunter and, kind of improvement you know I, I just feel like i've gone leaps and bounds in that category this year yeah but it's definitely good to be self-sufficient and it's nice to have a balance of you know all of the situations where you get invites but you do it on your own and, yeah and so. yeah and i should i should say that that's definitely a big part of it to have you know i go up to michigan with the kevins um so you know that definitely helps me to have spots to go to with them. And then I've, I've started linking up with some, some local guys here with, with, uh, Devin and, um, been getting on, on some hunts with him. So it's like, you know, we trade back and forth. I have spots. He has spots. Kevin has spots and, and everybody's hunting with everybody. And, you know, it's, it's, yeah. you got to have a good network to have a really good season too. You can't, you know, I guess you can do it all on your own, but, uh, <laughs> it's more, it's, it's easier not to. Yeah, that that's certainly true. And looking back at all the different people that I hunted with throughout the year, it's it's fun to have a variety. 
Um, it's fun to have your tight knit crew, which I don't have like I used to, where it was just you know my dad, Dan, Aiden, and myself, and that was just like all the time. And corn would get sprinkled in there. But I'm to the point in my life where it just I don't have that every single weekend crew. You know, my dad's getting older. Aiden moved off. Dan's not really hunting much anymore. Corn doesn't hunt much anymore. So it's just kind of like, you know, who am I hunting with this weekend? You know, so it's it's nice to have a variety of different personalities to be around. It keeps it interesting. That's for sure. Yeah. So how was your late season? Late season, man, it... You know, I, I tried to do some stuff, like some traveling early on for for duck, and, you know, that just didn't really pan out. And then really started more focusing on goose, and the first little bit of that was a little slow, and then, bam, it was off off to off to the races. And it was kind of like you're saying, um, which, you know, I've, I've been thinking about this and kind of the perspective on it, um, but Indiana changed our – well, the, everybody in the Mississippi Flyway for the most part. I know some – some states like Wisconsin kind of split it up a little weird, but the Mississippi Flyaway changed their goose limit from three to five this year. So all the mm-hmm. states could just be five all year long if they wanted. Now, if your state so chooses, they can be more restrictive, just not less. So like Wisconsin split it up with splits and stuff like that. But for the most part, every other state just made it five across the board um, for how many uh, geese you could hunt or how many geese you could uh, harvest. Um, well, anyways, in the past, it's been three, like I said. So for the most part on my late season hunts, which I, I really wanted to crack into that sometime this year, and I never did. I never shot more than three geese. And I thought for sure there'd be a couple hunts where I'd get to tap into that new bag limit. I did early season, but our early season's always been five. I did it on the early oh, season okay. multiple times, um, like mm-hmm. four or five times. Um, but once we got to regular season, I never shot more than three on my own. So, you know, obviously it's a group we shot more, but I still got four days. So maybe I'll get one of these where I get to that five bird limit. Um, but it just, mm-hmm. it didn't happen. Um, but man, it's, it's weird how perspective kind of changes when the number changes. Like in the past, it'd be like you hit that three mark, which is small compared to, you know, Kansas or wherever I I hit that three and you're like fish pump and you're like limit, you know, like <laughs> yeah, you're getting yeah. all pumped and now it's five. And like uh, we went on a hunt, and there's three of us, and we shot eight, and we're like, ah, oh, man, mediocre hunt. Where last year we would have been yeah. like, man, one more, we would have, oh, we should have had a limit. We could have done this or that, or if we just would have, you know, this guy would have hit one more shot, we would have limited, you know. Um, and you'd yeah. be like pumped, you're super close to the limit, or or maybe you did, maybe you you hit the limit from last year. Um, and there's multiple hunts in this late season I hit last year's limit. And this is kind of the running joke because. Um, almost every single hunt were like one off of last year's limit or, you know, it was like mm-hmm. five hunts in a row where it's like last year we would have been jumping up for joy, you know? Um, and this year we're like, man, mediocre. <laughs> it's so weird that that's the perspective, you know? Yeah. Um, but like yeah. when it comes down to it, you know, let's, let's be real. It's not all about the numbers and I'm not, I'm not disappointed by those numbers. Like I said, hitting those, those numbers of like for last year's limit, for two reasons. One, it's like, man, that's just a lot of meat. Um, and then yeah, I've always been fine with just, you know, bring home three, man, especially with the grinder. Like I said, I put three through the meat grinder and I made like five or six meals with it. It's a, it's actually a lot of meat. So, um, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. Not, not disappointed on that, on that, uh, 
on that front, but I would like to hit it, you know, if I can once in the next four hunts. Well, the thing about the limit and, you know, like you said, the experience of the hunt is by far the funnest thing about it, but we want to be successful and we want to feel successful and we want to feel like we're extremely competent what we're doing. And with that, we want to, you know, shoot limits like everyone else does. And, um, it's when you shoot a limit, it's like, well, if you shoot before your limits, like I could only get that number, right? I could only get three because your limit's five. But if you shoot five, there's always like, well, who knows? I could have shot 20. You know, it's like <laughs> it, it almost like who knows how many we would have shot. It was so good that day. Right. And and it makes it it makes a difference. But um, certainly you shouldn't be out there just limit chasing. But it's it's fun to shoot limits. Yeah, I mean, it's it's the sign of of a successful day. It's it's we want to be competent. We want to get a lot of meat. We want to. Um, be completely successful and, and completely successful is coming home with, with your maximum amount of birds that you're able to harvest. So mm-hmm. it's, it's fun. It's fun to do that and to think about it. Yeah. You know? Yeah. It's just overall, man, that limit didn't make a difference. So <laughs> mm-hmm. I'm sure it did yeah. for some people, but that's kind of was my prediction going into it anyway. Um, yeah. Didn't make a big difference for me, but overall, it's like we said at the beginning. I just love the variety. Uh, I do love getting out there in the late season goose hunts. I'll say one thing, maybe the the best thing about it is that when it gets cold, man, people stop hunting. <laughs> I don't know if it's like that <laughs> in other states, but like, I mean, you almost don't see anybody. It's crazy where you mm-hmm. see people all the time, especially through duck season, through like November. Um, maybe through your split. But after that, less people goose hunt than duck hunt already. And then when you get in those cold temperatures, you know, a lot of people don't want to mess with the river and all that kind of stuff. And I love getting out in the river. That's my bread and butter for Mm -hmm. late, late season goose. I prefer that over fields like 10 to one. Um, You know, you can have some great field hunts and and we did uh, get out on some field hunts. And, um, but I, I love getting out in the river. A lot of people don't want to mess with it. It's cold. If you, prepare right you know wear warm clothes you double up your thermal socks keep everything dry have an extra pair of gloves you know um it's really not that bad i i I don't get scared away from the cold at all so (laughs) yeah i mean i i it almost never happens where i'm out hunting and and feel really really cold where i'm shivering it almost never happens so if you have the proper equipment it's just the cold is really a non-issue and I, it's actually, I love hunting in the cold. You know, my late season ended, my late season was not very successful. So my November, early December was fantastic. Shot 54 birds. But then in the same time frame, from mid December and January, I only shot 18 birds and on seven hunts. So, um, and three of those were, two of those were herded mergansers. So I don't even know that that counts. So <laughs> 16. 16 birds, but I did shoot my four geese. I only shot four geese all year. We just don't goose hunt. And those were during the last two hunts. And the last two hunts were really, really fun. They were ice hunts. One was just a straight ice hole with, um, Aiden on the weekend before the last duck season, duck hunt. And then on the last duck hunt, it was still, we were on an ice shelf and it was a huge ice hole and we didn't shoot a ton, but we shot from sun up to sundown. We got in there, didn't see another person the rest of the day. Ended up with 12 birds, a mix of mallards. I think it was like eight geese, four mallards. And it was just, I love those late season ice hunts 
where it's just cold and you got a lot of geese around and you never know what's going to happen. I know we were like 10 minutes before um, the end of the hunt. And we're Aiden and I were just like, we're riding this out. We're just staying the entire day. We're just staying the whole day. It's this last duck hunt. And um, that last 10 minutes, I look up and there's a pair of pintail. Huge, like Drake. And it, now it didn't happen, but <laughs> I had, I didn't shoot a pintail Drake all year. So it's just like that emotion that goes through you and you look up and you see. Because we had been seeing a lot of, we'd seen common mergansers and mallards and, um, and geese, and that was it. So I first saw them, and I saw the white, and I'm like, "Common rigets." I'm like, "Whoa, whoa, what is that? What is that? that? That's a pintail, you know." And they kind of banked like they're coming towards us, but it wasn't to be. But that those last two hunts were really, really fun, and I, I loved the videos on them, and and great stories from those hunts. That I won't go into that full story, but um, we had to actually leave our gear out there until the next morning because it the ice went to mud and we couldn't drag it out. So it was a big adventure. The whole thing was a huge adventure. But So I, I, I was happy with how we ended up the season and, and late season is normally that way for us. It's like, it can be just unbelievable, but you're dealing with sliding. You're dealing with the ice line. And if the ice line is, if the ice extends way below us, there's a lot less ducks if the ice line's right on us. So some Januaries can just be absolutely fantastic but some Januarys just can be really, really difficult just because of the weather conditions. So it was mediocre, but really good fun hunts is that it was a nice way to end the season hunting ice holes for sure. Awesome. So if you had to rate your season, your whole season, we've made it all the way through. We talked about every stage of it. So let's just do a, a one out of 10 scale. What would you, what would you put your season at? Between one out of 10. I'd probably put it at a seven. Um, I shot a few less mallard drakes than I would like. I shot a few less teal than I would like, but um, still a really may, maybe I should mark it as an eight. I mean, I didn't hit the hundred mark on ducks. I was um, total waterfowl. Can't remember what I was on total waterfowl, but you know, one hundred one on total waterfowl, or maybe that's with dove. Maybe it was ninety eight. I was ninety eight on total waterfowl. And so, you know, it was, a, it was a good year. Harvest a lot of birds. But I don't know. If I look back at, at it and I compare it to, like, the four previous seasons, a, a few a few, a, a few less really special hunts. My dad didn't get out as much as normal as he's becoming older, and that's that's a drag. So I, a great season, but, yeah, I'd say, I'd say probably a seven. Nice. That's honestly probably about where everybody wants it, right? You don't want it just good all the time, perfect, no problems, no adversity. Like what's life without a little bit of adversity? So it's like yeah. you want the challenge, you want some of the 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 not so good days to make the good days feel a little bit better and so you know, that's a that's a solid season. It's man, it's I I put you on the spot doing that. I'm trying to do it myself now and kind of thinking about it. Um yeah. Yeah, it's I mean, I can't complain at all. I really, you know, having surgery kind of took the wind out of me at the beginning. But, you know, um, beyond that, the rest of the season, oh, man, I, I don't even know. It's it's so hard at the moment. You know, there's times where you want, you'd want you be like, man, if someone asked me right now, I'd give it a solid one. Like, <laughs> you know, and then there's other times <laughs> you just finished a limit on a, 
a spot where you're on a whim, you went and knocked on someone's door, got permission, and and bam, you shot yeah. your three man limit, and then you're on a high. Like this season's a ten, we can't get any better. So I think I'm right there with you yeah. though. Probably I'll probably just put an eight for me. Um, mm-hmm. You know, like I said, first first time just hunting my two my two home states and uh, and getting over that hundred mark. So I don't think I can complain about that. Not only that, but no. just more adventures and all that and and having the duck bus and and uh duck torpedo and and lots of fun so yeah i think you definitely have to give it at least an eight because you with the with the duck bus and the the torpedo and and it seemed like you were really really happy i know you had a lot more fun than last year that's for sure it just seemed like you were had a really enjoyable (laughs) year overall from afar last year was like a four man (laughs) Yeah, I'd like the same amount of hunts, and I shot like somewhere in the seventies for a number of birds. So mm-hmm. it was a struggle. Yeah, well, I look at mine. You know, my hometown marsh that I love more than anything in the world didn't hardly have any water. So that's one thing that really downgrades my season. I love. I've taken you there before. It's my favorite. My favorite place. I just love it, and it just was no good this year, and that really kind of put a downer on the season. But. At the same time, I found the slough and I hunted the slough like six times um, and never saw another soul in there and had mallards just feet down coasting in. So it's there's always there's always pros. It would be really interesting to sit down on a whiteboard, just do pros and cons. And that would be (laughs) something just fun to do. Sit down, like, you know, get my dad in there together. And it's like, just for fun, let's do pros and cons from this season, you know, and talk about memories and and. Because that's what we're doing, you know, with anything, the actual experience is so temporary and fast. We are not doing these things. And one, we've already said, we're not doing it for the numbers, even though we're talking a lot about numbers. That's not what we're doing it for. You're doing it for the anticipation ahead of time. And you're doing it for the memories after. Because the experience in the middle is like a blink of an eye and it's over. And that's why, that's why I got into the whole video game from the beginning is I can go back right now and watch a video and experience every single hunt I've gone on in the last seven years. Well, yeah. not every hunt, almost 95% of my hunts. And that's what we're left with. We're left with thinking about those times with friends, thinking about those mallards coasting in, you know, and it's, that's what the whole deal is. And I, so I think that doing this and, and sitting around with your friends, you know, we we're lucky that we have a podcast format to do this on but sitting with your friends and just spending a half an hour talking about what you know what's your favorite thing from the season what's mm-hmm. your favorite hunt from the season what's your favorite memory from the season because that's why we do this that's why we do this thing so it's just really everyone should do it with their friends get a yep. get a six pack and just say hey, tonight we're gonna even record it you know record that stuff so 10 years from now you can listen to you and your buddies talking about talking about your season it's all about the memories in my opinion yeah Definitely all about the memories and, and the anticipation. I do I do think that, it, you know, the act of it, too, there's definitely some importance. And, you know, especially oh, sure. as, as men, too, you know, it's like, man, I feel like we live in a world where I don't even know what the right way to put in it. Like, I mean, life is easier than it's ever been. You know, think about our ancestors mm-hmm. and, and all that. It's like, mm-hmm. you know, going out there and hunting. It's It's just built in our DNA, you know. Uh, it's like the dog, yeah. we, we use the analogy all the time, the dog with the tennis ball, you just can't help that instinctive reaction to charge after that. And, you know, we come from a, a long line of successful hunters. We all do, or we wouldn't have made it. You know, we, our ancestors yeah. wouldn't have made it. Um, and that's that's still in us, you know. And 
being able to get out there and and, and chase waterfowl. And, you know, for all of us, it's, you know, it can be anything, uh, any type of hunting or, or whatever. But for, for us, you know, for you and me, Elliot, and all our listeners, you know, our thing that really does it for us is is the waterfowl and, and just watching the birds cup in and, and chasing them and, and doing the calling and, and watching them work the set and, and all that. It's just like, you know, there's something that's inside of us that's unlocked when we go do it. Yeah. And not only that, it's just... And it's the adventure. Yeah, it's, it's, it's the, the adventure. It's of adventure is there's, what it is. You know, I mean. it's it's the difference of cubicle life and, and you yeah. know, uh, whatever we do, mundane stuff we do through the week, um, you know, is so different than getting out there in the wild and exploring. And I think the act of that is 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 really important, you know, as uh, for us as human beings. So... Yeah. Well, and it's a pretty adventureless society if you're if you don't have a hobby. Yeah. And I don't think that that's not in our DNA to go through life as as specifically men. I'm sure some women are this way too, but I think it's more genetically ingrained in men, you know, we are the hunters, we are the warriors, we're the adventurers. And if you live a life where you're just not getting that part of yourself out, and I, I'm sure some men need it more than others, but I, I just, I, I think it's something is lost in you. And, you know, you get up early in the morning, you're driving in the dark before most people are awake. You're putting a, like, we're putting a boat on a river and we're r- boating clear up a river. We're carting stuff through the trees and, and it, you're walking out on an ice shelf or an ice hole, you know, I mean, it's all adventure based sport. And, and there's just something we just don't have the adventure in the last, 200 years like other men have had for thousands and thousands of years whether it's pioneers coming coming west or people sailing across the ocean and and i just think specifically men beyond whether it's deer hunting or or even you know mountain uh climbing mountains or backpacking or whatever it's just that sense of adventure that that we're just that itch that we have that we scratch and that's a huge part of it. I think sometimes even more than harvesting something, of course hunting is certainly ingrained in this as well, but just the sheer adventure of it. Yep. The other alternative is, is, uh, you know, watching Netflix and, and trying to get a rush off something like that. It's just not the same. So, mm-hmm. you know, and that's yeah. what a lot of people do in society now, you know, it's like we're watching whatever the new TV show is where it's like, people live in life and it's like, you know, people are trying to get that experience through somebody else. It's like, get out there and do it yourself, man. It's, it's so much more fulfilling to be able to do that. So awesome. I don't know if there's anything else we need to add to that, Elliot. I don't think so. It's been, it's been a good year. We're, we're still going to be here cranking out content. We don't really take a break guys. So stick with us on this podcast as we continue to grow and, and keep bringing, content to you guys because and if you want extra content it's patreon.com slash freelance stuck where jordan and i are going to be even putting more content on there so we are not going anywhere are we jordan we're not we're definitely not if you guys want to see you know most of the hunts we talked about tonight you can see them on either one of our youtube channels duck and chronicles for me freelance duck hunting for elliot um you know i i got about one more video coming out on the youtube channel and then it's going to be the the long wait till we get the off season content rolling. Um, I don't know if I'll put out much more than that. I, I'm pretty uh, hands off from early spring through 
the end of the summer, and then we just start cranking it out again. So don't worry, guys. I got tons and tons of awesome ideas. I'm sure, Elliot, you do too as well, and and content and planning and hunting and all that. Um, but like Elliot said, we're going to be putting out, you know, there will be some content coming up on the Patreon channel. Uh, a lot of these hunts that we've got saved back, they'll be showing up there first, and then later on towards, like, the August time frame, um, there'll be that. But as Elliot said, You'll still find us here, guys, week, every every week, nearly every week. I guess, I guess we can't say every week. We've missed, we've missed some here and there, but um, just pumping out the content. And, yeah, so any last words, Elliot? I don't think so. I just appreciate being here on this podcast with you, Jordan, and everything we do together, and I appreciate everyone listening. And I guess one more thing, don't forget Fellowship of the Duck Gun, the the group on Facebook. It's really bumping with a lot of people. You can catch us there as well. And I I personally love getting messages from you guys. So if you want to reach out and say hi or there's a hunt we talked about, I'd like to see that. What hunt is that? Reach out to us because um, we're very accessible. Awesome. Definitely agree with you on that. Hey, I got one more thing too. We keep saying that. But uh, (laughs) guys, if uh, for, for my local guys, Indiana, I don't know if anybody would travel from out of state to this. I, I We definitely do every year have some people from out of state. But I'll be at the Indiana Deer and Turkey Waterfowl Expo again this year. So um, we didn't go last year because I guess they, they closed it for pandemic or whatever. Um, but this year is back. So I'll be there at the HGR booth. Um, if you see me in years past, it'll be the same exact spot. So I'm um, looking forward to seeing all all you guys out there at that again. But, uh, yeah, that's all we got for today, guys. I'm Jordan from Duckin' Chronicles, Elliot from Freelance Duckin', and we'll see you guys on the next one.